Stacey V here, and you're listening to a series of romantic events where I give you my feedback and rundown on a different romance and literature series every two weeks. For our 17th episode, we're taking a step in the past as we deal with some serious sibling issues <laughs> as we read the Daventry Sisters series by Kimberly Logan. Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. It's been a minute, uh, <laughs> lots going on, no excuse, just gonna jump right into it. Happy 4th. Uh, people have some really weird feelings about the 4th of July. I'm not one of those people. I believe the more holidays I can get off, <laughs> the better. Make everything a holiday. I don't ever want to go to work. Can we do that? Can we Can we all agree on that? I don't know. Whatever. So this week's series, uh, the Daventry Sisters series, Kimberly Logan, I had read the second book in this series before. I think I was, I know I was 16 because I like autographed it with the year that I read it. I had no recollection of this book <laughs> whatsoever, nor that I know that it was a part of a three-part series, found it on the shelf, order the other two, here we are. So that being said, going in, I mean, I had relative expectations, as in I was like, okay, if I kept this book, I must have liked this book, but I, I, I didn't really know what I was kind of stepping into. I do like historical romance sometimes. Sometimes it's not my favorite thing. I was hoping to be happily surprised. I was. I super love the series. I'm just going to tell you. So I got halfway through the first book and I was like, oh, this is so good. It's so hard for Stacy to find a good series. So now I'm looking up the author. I'm so excited. I'm like, Kimberly Logan, what else did she write? This female has only written one other set of books. Am I going to buy that set? Yes. Am I upset that she put her pen down? Also, yes. Really frustrated. It's fine. <laughs> Did it kind of deflate my sales a little bit? Also, yes. But it was fine. That being said, it was great. Uh, there are three books in this series. And like I said, it's, it's about three siblings and each one of them finding romance. However, if you know me, you know I, I love a good plot line. It like strings everything together. So the book starts. I'm super excited. The book starts <laughs> with a murder. Oh my goodness. Murder? It's a mystery? Who knew? All right, okay. So the book starts with a murder, and it's a murder of the parents of these three siblings. So when we first enter, Mara, it's, it, that's, that's who the first book was about. Mara is the second child. I lied. The book is about, <laughs> the first book is about the eldest, who is Jillian. Anyway, um, the book starts with Jillian, like, coming downstairs with Mara to find their parents in the study, right? Their dad isn't dead, but he's heading that way, and his mother is absolutely, and, and their mother is actually absolutely dead. So we see the youngest sister, she's nine at this time, like, in a ball in the corner, not saying anything. But in our minds, and the audience's minds, everybody else, they're like, bro, she just, she just witnessed everything that just happened. Hopefully she can tell us, but of course she's nine, so no one's asking her, because this has to be traumatic, right? Okay, so we nursed the dad back to life. Now they have a dad, no mom. I'm like, oh, it's a Disney book. We knew it. It's great already. Okay, <laughs> I'm not saying that Disney murder and the moms is great. It's not. It's awful. I really wish they'd stop. Anyway, mom is dead. Okay, so now dad is super upset about this. Um, it's really affecting him. He used to help out the uh, the Bow Street Runners, which is kind of like the old version of cops over in England. So he used to help them out, do investigations for them and help them out. It was something that he really, really liked to do. Okay. Once his wife dies, he's super upset. He's super distraught. He doesn't want to help out anymore. We don't know if he thinks that, you know, th th that some of his help has kind of led to his wife's murder. 
We have no idea. He's just he's just kind of weird about it, so he doesn't help. Now, his elder daughter, his eldest daughter, whose name is Jillian, she's the one that the first book is about. Now, Jillian has decided that she's going to take up her father's mantle because the Bow Street Runners need their help, and she always used to help him out on cases. So now she's keeping a secret from her father, and she's absolutely helping out. Now, we then find out that the reason that she's helping out mostly is because she thinks that um, her mother's death, the person that they convicted for it, was not the one who did it. So, and and the person they thought would that the person they thought did it, his, his name was Hawksley, right? She's not convinced that Hawksley did it. Either way, she's like, I don't think he did it. I think that something else happened, Mama. I want to investigate this on my own, and I also want to help out. You know, the Bow Street Runners. It's in my blood. I think I should do it now. We get introduced to everybody else who lives in the household. So Jillian, Mara, what's the youngest girl's name? Um, they, they, they call her Mouse. What is it? One second. <laughs> so the youngest girl, um, dang it, they didn't even put her on the back. That's crazy. Anyway, so um, the youngest, Amy, there we go. So the youngest girl, her name is Amy. So she's the one who witnessed the murder. So here we go. Jillian has decided that this is what she's going to do. She's going to take up the mantra. This is what she wants to do. Now, we find out that other people have been murdered. And our next scene is Jillian at a ball. And she is here to help out the Bow Street Runners um, because the guy she ends up falling in love with is there as well. And he's the one who is investigating the murder of his partner. Um, he, He runs like a shipping company and he walked in one day and his partner was dead and he doesn't know what happened, right? And the cops have been useless so far. And he has a really good friend who is also leaning on Jillian as well. So this guy brings the two of them together and he says, hey, I think Jillian could really help us out. She's helped me out with other murders. I really think she could be of use. (laughs) Our male character is like, absolutely not. (laughs) I think she's absolutely useless. We don't need a woman to get involved in this. So that's kind of like where their their kind of um, pressure starts and builds with each other. There are a couple of kisses in between scenes and just some really heated moments. But the overall thought process is that our main character, he's lost his, um, he's lost his partner, yes. But we then find out that there are other people who've died in his past. So (laughs) she thinks, uh, Jillian believes that all these murders are connected as is the main character. So now they're both investigating this. Jillian discovers some things that the cops had missed. Um, one of the biggest things is that whenever somebody he knows gets murdered, there's always a note in the mirror or, or some sort of like hint in the mirror. Um, anything from I murdered your partner, but the thing that's hidden in the mirror was like a handkerchief from the previous person who had been murdered. So she was able to connect these things, whereas the cops weren't even looking at the mirrors or, you know, really investigating because they would always just assume that, you know, whoever somebody had killed them or somebody had, you know, accidentally taken a step down the stairs and it was an accidental suicide, that type of deal. She didn't believe this. She starts investigating. She's really good at it. Our main character isn't having it because he's still like, no, like you can't get too close to me because if you get too close to me, we all know what we all know what happens and you'll end up murdered. So that's kind of like they're back and forth with each other is that there's this huge um, attraction between each other. Uh, and his name is Connor, by the way. There's huge attraction between them. Jillian's like, yeah, like I, I think we should pursue it. And he's like, absolutely not. You'll end up dead. They, of course, end up sleeping together because... <laughs> It's a romance novel. And, um, and of course, he instantly regrets it. He's like, see, like, my guard was down. It's a whole thing. But the, the scenes are amazing. And they're, they're super sexy. Really good. Read it. Definitely read all three of these. <laughs> they're so good. Anyway, so the scenes are really good. But one of the things that I really enjoy about the book series is that 
everything that happens feels very realistic, right? I want to be with you, but literally every person I'm close to, like this is anyone from one of his really close, one of Connor's really close housekeepers, um, his partner, obviously, at, at the firm he runs, um, and, and just, just people that, that he knew over the years. One lady, some, some older lady that he kind of considers like a motherly person to him got murdered. So it's it's not as if whatever is standing between them is just kind of, you know, in their heads. Like, no, she could really be murdered and I really don't want that for you. And then the book even ends like with one of those scenes of, oh my goodness, they now realize that Jillian is super close to me. And so, of course the person who is responsible goes after her to kill her. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, they, they probably shouldn't have been together. Like, I, I know I was pushing for it, but they were right. And the same thing from the opposite point of view, right? If Jillian ends up with this guy, one, he's just a normal guy and they're not normal people, right? It's it's it's, it's a difference in class, which in romance novels, I'm never, I'm never super, you know, on about. But in this situation, it made sense because then there would be some splaining to do, as they say, right? How would you even link up with Connor when you're not supposed to be investigating cases because your father told you not to? Because why were you investigating cases, right? So everything would just kind of blow up. And then Jillian in general was a problem because her two younger sisters are also going to come out soon, right? So she's already out. She's kind of older, maybe 23, 24, somewhere in there, um, where people are thinking she's going to be a spinster. So she's not super concerned what happens to her romantically, but her younger sisters are concerned what happens to them. And it just, it's something that comes up over and over again in the books, and I was, in, in the first book anyway, and I was very interested to move on to the next book just to see, okay, if Mara is feeling a certain way, because she would always come to her and say, Jillian, why are you always messing this up for me? You know, a couple of my engagements have been broken because they know that I'm associated with you and you're bad luck for me. And the same thing for the for the younger sister. The younger sister hasn't said anything, but based off of the way that um, the town was working, it seemed as though everyone was going to be affected by the way Jillian acted. So it was definitely a matter of, I cannot be with this guy. I'm going to mess up the future for my siblings. And as a result of that, she was just really, really not interested, right? But they kept being drawn together because of the cases. They kept being drawn together because the Bow Street Runners were doing an awful job. And it just, it, it made sense that, that they, they were not able to stay away from each other in the ways that they were trying to. And I liked that a lot. The bigger plot point of this, like, entire series is that the mother was an actress. So their father, like I said important guy, um, um, had, had stature in the, in, in the town. But the problem is, is that he married an actress. And that was the biggest thing. He married an actress, but she was a super attractive actress. And she was a nice woman. She talked to people. But there were some men in the town who were very interested in her and thought she would just be a quick lay. And she, she didn't sleep with any of them, but that wasn't the point, right? The point was that these men had become obsessed with her, and which is why people were like, okay, somebody definitely murdered her, and it had to be one of these guys. And as we go through the books, it's basically the girls trying to figure out who murdered their mother and why. The first book, of course, ends Jillian and Connor are together. She doesn't mind marrying a tradesman, which, of course, we all knew she wouldn't. Um, his place was, like, burned down. <laughs> it was the, 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 the limits that Kim was able to push her characters to was something that I also found appetizing about it because I'm, I'm a huge proponent of you need to push your characters until they're almost breaking but don't like don't kill them or anything like <laughs> please don't kill them um and so she she did just a really good job like I said um in the end where Jillian is trying to you know we, we come to the crux of everything right where the guy who was actually murdering all the people decides that Jillian also needs to go you gotta go girl and um and we find out who it is it's this huge reveal 
because I want you to read the book, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to read them. Sorry, not sorry. Anyway, so we find out who it is, and um, and and he shows up, and he's trying to kill Jillian, but they're separated, and Connor finally figures it out, rushes back to his office. The whole thing's on fire. Oh my goodness, Jillian, of course, is fine because romance novel. She has to live. Um, and and then they get together, and you're like, oh, wow, so great. Can't wait for the second one, right? <laughs> the problem. <laughs> Is that by the time I got to the second book, and we even start the second book, I get way too excited for the third one, right? So the second book is The Devil's Temptation, and that is the one that I had read before. Allegedly, I have no recollection of this memory. Anyway, so we get to The Devil's Temptation, and this one is about Mara, who's the middle sister, the one who's been giving Jillian crap all of book one. And you're like, okay, let me, <laughs> what's really going on? And why are you out here bad-mouthing your sister? Now, Mara is convinced that whoever it was that actually murdered her mother did it. And even if even if he didn't do it, why exactly are we trying to hunt this down, right? It's over. Can we just get it over with? I'm trying to get married. It's like Mara's whole thing. Now, throughout the books, we find out that their father is still living with um, his sister. So their aunt Olivia is also living in the house. She doesn't have a husband. She's basically way beyond being a spinster. Um, and she's helping to raise the girl since her mother is gone. And she's like, I don't know, being a martyr, I suppose is how we could say it. But she's not super nice. We don't like her. Um, but she she's also super intent on all of the girls marrying well and, and having some sort of title or status. So, of course, she was not happy when Jillian married a tradesman. However, Jillian was a spinster, so she wasn't super, you know, it, it didn't really matter. But she had all her pins, hoped on Mara. Mara's going to do it. She's going to be the one. She's going to marry the man. Okay. So, at the end of the last book, Mara has decided, you know what, maybe there's something to what Jillian has been saying. Maybe something did happen to Mama. I really wish that um, that our younger sister Amy could remember what she saw, but Amy's still keeping her mouth shut book too. We don't know if she knows of anything. At this point, she's 14, maybe 15. We don't know if she knows anything. All right. Mara decides, you know what, I'm going to help out. I'm, I'm going to be just as good as Jillian, even though she can't be because Jillian's been studying this her whole life. And she decides that she's going to start um, um, investigating as well. Now, when she makes this decision, the first thing she starts doing, um, she finds her mother's diary. And in this diary, her mother has these notes from someone and she doesn't know who they're from or, or who wrote them. So she decides she's going to, she like balls up some of these notes and she's like, I'm going to go to these people's places and I'm going to try to match the penmanship. And I'm like, the gall. <laughs> wow. Okay. So when the book starts out, she does indeed have a note and she's trying to match it. Now, when she shows up in the study of who, whoever it is she was investigating, it was like three, three different guys who we suspect could have been the murderer. Okay. She shows up in the study. She's like checking or trying to match or whatever. In the middle of that, she meets Hawksley. Now, like I said to you before, Hawksley is the one that they think murdered everybody. This is his son. Oh my goodness, so good. So, <laughs> his son is the guy um, who's there. Now, the guy they think, uh, the original Hawksley, his father, is dead committed suicide but everyone is convinced that that Hawksley is the one who murdered their mother so you can see how their you know emotions toward each other aren't great however they've never met each other before they just kind of know of right so baby Hawksley is very much um uh basically everyone refers to him as the devil right because of course he's just like his father who killed the mother and this whole thing everybody hates him he's awful we've decided that and the same thing from mars point of view right she never met him before but she knows like your dad killed my mother we're not on good terms blah blah, blah. 
when they meet in the study, they have like this slight flirtation. He likes her. She likes him. He's like, oh, wow, like you're, you're very beautiful. She's like, oh, he looked like an angel, whole thing. Um, and so after they'd spoken for a minute, you know, trying to get to know each other because she's so cute. Oh, my God, he's so hot. And he says, oh, like once they figured out, he says, oh, like you may want to leave because I am Hawksley. And she's like, oh, my God. So things just start off super rocky. And as things go on, though, we learn more about Hawksley, right? And and how he really did blame his father for the death and um, how everyone just started judging him as soon as he was old enough to be judged, that he was just like his father. And so as a result, he kind of fell into that. And they keep running into each other in a different way, right? So in the first book, I told you I liked it, that they were running into each other in a way that I thought was realistic. In the second book, it's more of the same. Uh, Mara has decided that she is going to she's going to match a signature hook or crook. And so the second time they run into each other, it's some sort of like orgy. I was like, what? What? Uh, so she so he's there with one of his really good friends who we meet in the third book. Not the point. He's there um, with one of his good friends who's also kind of not interested in women. And he's just, you know, just kind of brooding about as he does. So Hawksley is there and he's like, no, like I brought you here so that you can enjoy the festivities. People are just kind of all around embracing each other and doing all types of stuff. I'm like, all right. Hawksley is also not talking to anybody. We find out that the lady of the house is hitting on him weirdly. And he's like, I just don't know what's going on. Me either, Hawksley. Me either. So the Earl is kind of, you know, trying to push her off and off in the distance he sees Argo Mara he recognizes her from a distance in a cloak all right stalker and so he goes rushing after her we find her yet again (laughs) in another study about to compare notes as she does he confronts her she lies and doesn't tell him anything um, because even though she feels like maybe Jillian is right and maybe something else did happen to her mother, she doesn't want to tell Hawksley because I actually don't know why. It was some weird reason of like, I don't want to be the person to tell him that all of his life and people judging him was basically false and we don't know why or what actually happened. I'd rather come to him with conclusive proof or something. Anyway, she leaves. She accidentally leaves the note. They, of course, have some, you know, some some very steamy scenes in between. Point is, she leaves a note. He picks it up. And it's one of the threatening notes that, that her that her mom had, like, kind of tucked in between the diary. He doesn't know that it's not for Mara because there's no real to, there's no real from, right? It's written in, like, fanciful terms. So he's like, oh, my goodness, something happened. Something is happening to Mara. And he's super attracted to her, obviously, really, really likes her. But he's not going to go there because what a, what a weird relationship now. Okay, so... He's now decided he needs to help her out. Then, also throughout the books, there's this other older older lady um, who's really, really helpful to everyone. Um, she, we find out later, um, she, she, she's the Duchess of Matlin, is, is like her official title. But we find out that she was really good friends with their mom. And so when her mom passed like that, when the mom passed like that, she wanted to kind of be there for the girls, even though she was a little bit older and, and had no relation to them whatsoever. Okay, so we see her kind of like weaving in and out of the books. She notices that two people are interested in each other and she kind of like nudges them in all of the books. Anyway, so he finds out about this note and he doesn't know what to do with it so he takes it to the duchess and she's like oh yeah like this 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 is important like you you do need to look into this so now he's kind of like on her trail like you know kind of like stalking her a little bit um and and mara is still trying to <laughs> she's still trying to figure out who it is now she has scratched some people off of her list so of course she figures it out um that person is brought to justice now the, 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 like I said, I was really, really excited because throughout this book, he's not by himself, right? So 
Um, by the time we get to the third book, which is Seduced by Sin, we are already super familiar with, um, with, with, with Amy's guy, Royce, because Royce is the best friend of Connor in the second book. So he and Royce are always, you know, found together or, you know, doing stuff, right? So if, if Mara is out in the middle of the night and Connor is stalking her again, um, at least I think, is that, am I, am I doing this right? Is it Connor? No, I'm lying. I'm lying to you. Don't let me lie to you. Um, the Devil's Temptation is not Connor. That is Hoxley, right? Okay. So Hoxley is now just stalking more, like I said before. And as he continues to stalk her, he's always with Royce. Like, Royce is like, I'm so tired of being dra- dragged along. Like, a- after a while, you're like, I know this man has a life. But we find out he doesn't by book three. But anyway, so he's always kind of tagging along. We find out he has this huge scar along his face. Um... And so one day, once Mara has, you know, once we get to the high conflict of the book where Mara is about to be in danger and Hawks is about to figure it out, you know, everything comes to a crux. They show up to the household of all the sisters and the dad. And when he walks in, I lied to him not. <laughs> Our youngest girl, Amy, is coming down the stairs and she sees his face and she like gasps and then she trips down the stairs and he like catches her and you're like, oh my God, book three, where is it? Come rescue me now. And, <laughs> and I'm like rushing through book two, like trying to get to book three. Um, but book two was really, really good. Like it was, it was nice that Hawksley was able to kind of re- not, not, not even regain his status because the town doesn't care, right? At this point, we've already kind of dragged him through the mud and you've also kind of lived up to the expect, uh, to, to, to the expectation. Um, and everything that happened but he was able to clear his father's name Mora's convinced that we found the murderer you think that everything is tied up but then at the end of the book we realize that Amy is starting to have recollections of her dreams and that the person that they did convict who is now dead um the person they did convict is the person who did commit the murder but we found out that there were other people who were there that night and that it's very important that Amy remember so that that way everyone can be brought to justice and this whole thing is swept under the rug excellent and like I said I'm not telling you anything because you need to read these books and I just I don't know how else to tell you that you need to read them I don't know what you're doing okay so book three starts seduced by sin okay and now we have Amy and Amy is like 19 so at the end of the last book we know that Amy is kind of as a kid she was following behind Royce because he, he would be in the house. You know, he's, he's really good friends with her father. He's really good friends with her brother-in-law. So it's not out of the ordinary that he's kind of hanging around. She was a kid at the point. Um, he's not super old, like, in comparison to her. I want to say she was 14 and he was maybe in his early 20s, like that, um, or like mid-20s, somewhere in there. And I'm always super weird about these because it's one thing if I fall in love with you and I'm a kid and you're a kid. It's another thing if I fall in love with you and I'm a kid and you're an adult, you know, like, because that's like, because kids do that. It's another thing if I fall in love with you and I'm a kid and you're an adult and you fall in love, you know, and like, there's just, there's so many weird things. So the the book was, did, did a really good job of handling like, no, she was falling behind him because she thought he was a nice guy, you know, like trailing behind him like, like kids do. And then when she turned 18 she realized like oh like <laughs> he's super cute like can I just keep him like I want this one please thanks <laughs> thanks so she so she tells him she's like I'm in love with you Royce and he's like yeah no um and and he says some really harsh stuff like something about like a mouse who's scared of their own tail or something like really harsh and I'm like okay like I don't think that was called for um he basically rejects her and then he leaves and she hadn't seen him for like at least a year then Okay, so by by pure accident, Amy is out there hanging out with her nephews and her nieces because, of course, the people in the first two books have had children by now and they're married. It's a whole thing. She comes to visit one of her siblings and their kids 
And our lovely, lovely Roy shows up, rescues her out of a tree. And she, of course, wrestles herself from her, from his arms. And she's like, oh, like, it's funny that you would feel the need to save me. And then, of course, she, like, throws his words back in his face. And he's like, wait, wh- why would you say that? And she's like, you told me that I was a mouse who was afraid of my own shadow or whatever it was. And th- th- that I was confused that you could be a guy who liked me back. And he's like, oh, like... Wow. So so internally, we hear him as he says, like, I was just trying to get away from her because I had suddenly become interested in her and like her curves and how she was. And I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm OK with that. <laughs> like, Please don't tell me you were interested in her when she was a kid. That's gross. Um, So he's like, no, like, I'm interested in her now. And, and he's in like his mid like it's 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 not a far off age group. So distance. So I'm OK with it. Um, And he's like, OK, like. I don't want you to ever think that you're inadequate because you're not. And he's basically trying to make her feel comfortable without hitting on her directly because, well, he doesn't want to hit on her directly because he feels like she could do better than him. Now, the book is very interesting in that I don't know whether or not Amy not having a husband is because she's so focused on Royce that she is not allowing her focus to drift elsewhere because it's very, it's very, she's very, I'm a mouse. No one even pays attention to me. They just all kind of ignore me. And then you notice, though, that she is very, very intent on Roy specifically. And whenever she references being rejected or people not wanting her, it's always him specifically. So I'm like, okay, but how would you know that? Because it doesn't seem like you've been to other balls. It doesn't seem like you've experienced other things. I'm not saying she can't be a Royce. I'm just saying her <laughs> her opinion is very pointed and it's very odd. So she decides like he's the one for her but of course he doesn't want her so now she's like I'll just have to be a spinster no one pays attention to me that's the deal all right at the same time though her memories are starting to come back so not in that she's just having more recollections but they're coming to her in the form of dreams right she remembers being nine she remembers her mother being murdered she remembers seeing her um um, seeing Hawksley in the room like it's it's this whole thing so as she's able to piece pieces back together People are starting to come back, come, come after her. She has a she has a meeting with Royce out in the garden, and she tells him, "I'm having these memories." And we find out that he also has some form of PTSD um, when when he fought at Waterloo. I'm sure they weren't calling it PTSD in the book, but that's what it was. He has his own version of PTSD, and he's looking at how like her she's having bags under her eyes, and she's not sleeping. She doesn't look well. So he's happy that she's confided in him, but we fear we fear that someone hurt her out in the garden because now someone's after her. So one night when he's sleeping like next door, um, because she she went to visit her siblings and he had also spent the night, somebody comes in with like and like is trying to kill her, like choke her, and he hears her screaming from next door and he goes over to save her. The person hops off the balcony. He's not able to run after him. She's super upset by this. She's still recollecting more and more. And um, and, and it happens again, right? So finally, her dad is like, okay, like, I think it'd be best for you if you go out there to where Royce is. Because he has no idea that Royce is interested in her or that she's interested in Royce. Nobody knows anything. But of course, they're not going to let her go without a chaperone. So the older woman that I mentioned earlier, that's kind of like, you know, the, uh, a really good friend to them because she's so supportive because she was really good friends with the mom. She decides to go out there. Okay, she goes out there, but at the same time, she's like, I think that you guys have like a little thing going on. Okay, anyway, they go out there um, and the older lady has no idea that there have been attempts on her life. They just want to kind of spare her. um, So she doesn't know, but she's out there and they, of course, are feeling more attraction to each other. We find out about his horse. And I think I think the author introduced the horse in order to give you some sort of semblance of 
what his emotions are like and what Waterloo is like for him. We learn that he has a dead brother and a dead father and a dead sister-in-law and that he blames himself for all three deaths. And it was very similar to the first book in that there are people who die around him and so he doesn't let himself feel too deeply because he feels like he's cursed for people he loves to die. So... He says as much to her. Of course, they have their, their lovely, lovely scenes that I always reference. But um, they have good scenes together. But it's more about, okay, this is what I want. I know that I want you. I know that you want me. But it's not going to work out because I'm cursed, one. And not like a real curse. But like, I know that people that I'm close with tend to die some sort of horrible death. And it's usually as a result of me. Amy is like, well, I agree with you because that's exactly what happens to me, right? If I just remember all this stuff and and if I hadn't been there that night, perhaps my mother would still be alive and perhaps the right people would be, would be behind bars. So they kind of connect over this a PTSD relationship, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, they connect over this and then she gets caught again. So um, he has guards on her all day and all night, which I really appreciate because a lot of times in these books where you're like, okay, this woman is being hunted. Why is no one even protecting her? Like, I understand that you want them to get together and I understand that them being alone is ideal but if that's what you want then write a contemporary okay that's not what we're doing so she had a guard around her all the time so the guard went with her she wanted to go for a walk she goes out for a walk he's with her they get a little far out and he's like hey do you think we should turn back and she's like no I think we're good while she's looking out she almost gets pushed off well she she gets pushed off a cliff she gets pushed off a cliff we look back and the guy's bruised on the head and um and Royce has come out to help her out and save her and of course and save her he does we see the guy now we know what he looks like and he's like oh yeah I've been hired but we don't know who hires him because he ends up dead so we still don't know what's happening or why but we at least have the guy who attacked her in her room the other night okay he's scared He's still not ready to admit that he loves her and that he wants to be with her because of course not. And he's like, okay, well, this place is no longer safe for you. You need to go home. So he drops her off at the older woman's house and says, hey, man, like, I want you to watch her. Um, um, make sure nobody else comes in. I'm going to go tell her father. So he runs off to tell her father. Um, we find out that the aunt was doing some nefarious stuff. Like I said, read the books. We find out the aunt's doing some nefarious stuff. And of course we were like, I just, it's one of those things where I never suspected her, but she was just super rude to Amy all the time for no reason. And I was like, "Mm, you gotta get it together. Anyway, she was upset. Um, the father is of course mad at his sister. What are you talking about? You know, do, do you know who murdered her? And why, why would you lie if you didn't know? Whole thing. And just like all the other books, we get to this really, really large climax at the end of the book where you're like, oh, wow, like he figures it out. Uh, Royce figures out what's going on and that him going over to see the father was not a great idea and that now he needs to get back home because he fears the worst for Amy. We get back. She's being taken off in a carriage. It's this whole thing. Then he has like this weird um, recollection of when his brother and his sister-in-law passed. At the same time, because it was about to be a similar situation for Amy. You know, the carriage rolls over. She and the older lady are plunging into the river. He's swimming, trying to save her. Oh, it was great. Excellent. Good stuff. And overall, it was just a really good story to kind of tie everything back together. I will say in the third book, it was a bit far-fetched with the, well, yes, it was him. And yes, it was you. And yes, it was everybody. <laughs> I'm like, okay, everyone didn't commit the murder, right? Like, I get it. I get it. But I don't. Explain. But overall, the characters, they, they, they were really well written, um, really well expressed in that I felt like all three of the sisters had really distinct personalities and they did a good job of kind of wrapping it up together. 
Um, because the thing that I'm always interested about, especially in like series, is when you have an older sister who's kind of awful, right? And saying all this stuff. And you're like, okay, I can't wait to get inside her mind to see why she's reacting in a certain way, right? I can't wait to get inside her mind to see why does she saying such mean things to her sister and what it is that she thinks she's doing when she does so. Um, because I was having a really <laughs> more an hour about the fight in book one. Because <laughs> I'm like, why are you so mean to Jillian? And the book did a really good job of that. This, the men were good as well because I felt like they also had really distinct personalities when we got to the second book and Hawksley was stalking um, Mara. But then Roy shows up and he's just kind of like, Ugh, okay, I, I guess we're doing this. And when you get to the third book, you realize that he really is, um, you know, recluse. Like he's by himself all the time. Like he really did have the time that it took to follow behind Hawksley <laughs> and just hang out with him while he stalked this girl. So <laughs> I, I thought that, I, I thought it was, it was a really good kind of validation of why does this man have all this time? Oh, that's why <laughs> we got it. Um, even down to like getting to know like the butlers and, and the people who are involved in their lives and um and 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 also kind of getting really good motivations of why it is that th that the couple wasn't able to be together until the very end you always knew exactly why it is that they were kind of fighting each other on it um the third book and for, for the same reason he thought that um Royce believed that he shouldn't be with um, Amy one because he respected uh, the father and two because of like this weird like hey like she was just a good friend of mine like this is so weird but also the biggest issue was that I'm not worthy and that I feel like she's gonna die um, viciously because that's that's always what I do and I'm cursed and I don't want to curse her um, and because Amy didn't have such a thing she was for the entire book like hey like <laughs> don't you want to be with me <laughs> I love you <laughs> don't you love me so I enjoyed that as well because for me, yes, if if it makes sense for there to be tension on both sides, then make that happen. But if one side is like, no, it's cool. You and I can be together. I really don't see any issues. Yeah, that's realistic because she doesn't have that that same sort of like hold up that all the other girls did with, with being with those guys. She didn't really care about the status of the family or his status as a person or even that he was recluse because she was like, I don't want to go to balls either. Like, um, at, because, and, and at the end, Roy says that he's like, Hey, like, I would love to marry you, but I'm not going to go to balls, right? I'm not going to be as socially involved as you are because I have PSD, P PTSD and, um, large crowds make him nervous or, you know, give him flashbacks. And she was like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm totally cool with it. And, and, and then she says, yeah, like our children be great. And then he realizes, oh yeah, <laughs> wow. I really have been sleeping with you like a lot and <laughs> you could be pregnant right now. Um, so I, I thought that was refreshing as well. I was like, oh, like he, he really hadn't even thought about it. Wow. That's at, at least you acknowledge that because sometimes they don't acknowledge it and you're like, um, so did he, uh, did he take care of himself? Am I just supposed to assume that uteruses don't work in this universe? Explain. So, like I said, Kimberly Logan, amazing. You'll love it. Read all three. Read everything she's ever written. Read everything she's ever written because I plan to do just that. All right. Um, and I, I can't believe that I, I hadn't even remembered the second book of this series, but I'm glad, I'm so glad the 16-year-old me had kept it because, wow, what a page turner. I was so, when, when I tell you that I started the book and it was a murder and I was like, okay, like these are the pieces that fit together. I was so excited, but I was also super apprehensive because I'm like, okay, don't let me get this excited. And the book is awful <laughs> and the series is awful or like goes downhill halfway. It did not. It did not. The book did not disappoint. I was not disappointed by the series at all. Okay. So that being said, we will come back in two weeks to read the Rogues of Regent Street series by Julia London.